Greetings, people loved by God. We welcome everyone to worship on this, the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent. For our friends worshiping online, a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org. Uh, you'll find a bulletin there for this service, uh, and that is under the Resources tab. Uh, and options for giving your offering to the Lord are under the Give tab. Uh, a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. We haven't had our Easter breakfast for a couple of years, but we're bringing it back this year in between services on Easter morning. We are in need of food donations, uh, especially volunteers to help that morning. Please sign up as a volunteer and to bring food at the table in the commons area. And a reminder that Easter is on April 17th. Uh, please note that we will not be having a Day 3 Seeds event on Saturday, April 2nd, as it was originally scheduled. Mike and Jean will be here on Mother's Day weekend instead, and they will have a plant sale to support their ministry and their work in Uganda. And starting next weekend, we'll once again be distributing Holy Communion as we gather around the altar. Individual and common cup will both be offered uh, but if you're more comfortable still not going up to the altar, we will also continue offering communion in the pews uh, for those who would prefer to receive it that way. Again, we'll start this next weekend, the weekend of April 2nd. May God bless you as we worship today. We begin our worship by singing together our opening hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, as printed in your bulletin. We stand to sing.
have probably become aware that we're a little short of heat in here this morning. I would like to remind all of us that in Europe, most of the churches are not heated any time of the year. So we're still better off. God bless. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, will forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As an ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are the giver of all good gifts and have given us your own Son to be our Savior and Redeemer. Deliver us from our sin and restore to us the joy of our salvation, that having received such mercy, we need not surrender to despair anymore. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.
Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while, he may be while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like a horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. The epistle is from the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we were once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his special appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, but the Pharisee, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his, his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went out and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will go out, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robes and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the, the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine who was dead is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years, I've been slaving for you and never displayed, disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you have killed a fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. 
He was lost and is found. This is the gospel of the Lord.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you think back to last week's sermon, you may remember that Pastor Lesh talked about that big, important question. Why? Why do bad things happen to good people? This week, however, you might be prompted to ask a different question. The inverse of that why question. This week, you might be wondering, why do good things happen to bad people? We've all asked this question before, haven't we? If you look around at our world, you see the uber-wealthy, and it doesn't take much digging to find unsavory business and personal practices. Beyond that, we see people who have been convicted of crimes signing multi-million dollar deals to play professional sports. In this broken and sinful world that we live in, it seems like good things are happening to bad people all the time. We can even see an example of this in our gospel reading for this morning, that beloved parable that we heard a few moments ago, the prodigal son, a wonderful story of love and acceptance, of forgiveness and redemption. We generally prefer to focus on the end of that parable, but let's look back to the beginning of the story. It's a story that begins with a conversation between a son and his father. Verses 11 and 12 read, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Let's take a moment and think about what is really happening here. I mean, this son hasn't just asked his father for 20 bucks so that he can go to Applebee's with his friends. What, what he is really telling his father here is something like this. Uh, hey, Dad, uh, good to see you. You're not really dying quickly enough for me, so I don't want to wait around for you. I'll just take my inheritance now. What an incredibly selfish thing to ask for. Disrespectful, disgraceful, an unthinkable thing to ask of a parent. But even more unthinkable, what is even more amazing about this conversation is that the father obliges his son's request for an early inheritance. He gives his son his share of the estate, no questions asked. And what does the son do? 
to show his appreciation, he picks up and he moves along with his newly acquired fortune to a distant land where he liquidates everything that his father gave him and promptly blows it all on wild living. It's at this point in the story that you're probably thinking, what an epic blunder. How could someone with such a kind and generous and loving father do something so stupid? Maybe you're thinking, why do good things happen to bad people? Especially when those people, they, they usually mess up whatever good thing they are given. I think we all can see the irony in this way of thinking. You and me, we're not the generous father in this story. We're the young, foolish, selfish son. We receive great gifts from our father and we squander them. He gives us everything that we need and more, but despite all these great gifts, we take what we have been given and we run off to faraway lands. We're so deeply corrupted by our sinful nature that we run away from the very God who created us, who loves us, and who provides us with everything that we have. We run until there's nothing left. No food, no money. We run away from God until there is no other option. There is no comfort left in the pleasures of this world. We squander our gifts until there is nowhere we can go but back to our Father. It sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? It sounds like we are bad people, so bad that nothing good could or should ever happen to us. And yet, God sees us off in the distance, broken and battered by sin, and he runs to meet us. He throws his arms around us, clothes us in a robe, kills the fattened calf. Our Father is overjoyed to see us. But we have still sinned against him. We're still broken to our core. We can't atone for what we've done. Our relationship with the Father was severed. And we cannot fix it ourselves. We need someone else to repair it for us. I'm sure you're all wondering about this other character that I've left out of the story. Someone that I haven't mentioned yet. Because there's also an older brother. A brother who has remained faithful to his father even after the younger son took his riches and left. Now, if you'd like to hear the story from the older brother's perspective, I encourage you to look up a modern retelling that Lutheran Hour speaker, Dr. Michael Ziegler, 
gave. Uh, he does a wonderful job expressing just how relatable the older brother is. Very relatable. In fact, he has the same response to his brother's homecoming that many of us would likely have. As you would assume, big brother is not too happy about the warm welcome that his foolish and selfish younger brother received. After all he has done, you throw him a party? He asked his father. I've served you all this time, and you never even bought my friends and I pizza to have dinner together. But now he gets a banquet, an entire feast? It's hard to disagree with the brother's attitude here. After all, shouldn't the good son be the one who is rewarded and celebrated? This is the attitude that we would probably have. It's the attitude that Jesus could have had. He could have looked at his father and said, really? You want me to go save them? They only ever disobey you. Throw away whatever gifts you give them. I'm the faithful son, but you keep running after them and welcoming them back into the family. Jesus could have said that, and he would be right. That's the logical train of thought. But instead, Christ obeyed his Father unconditionally. He took on flesh to live among a sinful people gone astray, a people who took their inheritance, ran to a distant land, and squandered it. But when the father saw his people, the state they were living in, he sent Jesus, his perfect son, to bring them back into the family. Christ, the true faithful son, took the punishment that the prodigal son deserved. Christ, the one who knew no sin, paid the ultimate penalty of sin so that your relationship with the Father would be restored. Through Christ's death, you have been given life. Because of what Christ gave up, what he lost, you have been found. Listen again to those wonderful words of the Father. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That is what Christ accomplished for you and for me. Because we weren't just lost. We were dead Dead in our own sin, completely cut off from God. We were bad people living a bad life until the most amazing thing happened. A loving Savior brought us back into the family. He rose so that we too would have new life. 
talk about a good thing happening to bad people. And the good doesn't stop there. The father doesn't give his son a hug and then send him on his way to continue living his life on his own. He brings him in. He throws a banquet for him, a feast, public recognition that this son is once again a member of the family. And God does the same for us. He didn't send Christ to die and then leave us to our own devices. He is still with us. We are welcomed into God's family through baptism, where we receive the Spirit. But that's not the end of the story. We join in the feast, that wonderful meal. Each week, we gather together for the feast that offers forgiveness of sins through Christ's body and blood. A public recognition that we are indeed members of the family. That our relationship has been restored. And even beyond the restoration of that relationship, the relationship is maintained. And it's maintained because of the Father's unconditional love. That's unconditional love that we need because even once the entire family is gathered together for the banquet, we still can become like the prodigal son's older brother. We see this grace that the Lord pours out on others, others that we see as beyond saving, too sinful, those that probably don't really deserve God's grace. We become jaded towards our brothers and sisters who have been welcomed back into the family. Even in those moments, the Father, he doesn't leave us angry and alone, brooding outside the party. He comes to find us. The Father, in his divine, indescribable love, holds his family together. He welcomes home those who were lost. He resurrects those who were dead. And when his children, who have been faithful through the years, are overcome with anger and jealousy for that bad person who has been given a wonderful gift, the Father chases after them, too. He chases after you. He finds you and professes his love for you. He brings you back into the banquet. He brings you back in with the family. So the next time you roll your eyes or scoff or get green with envy at the good fortune that has befallen some seemingly bad person, remember the prodigal son. Remember the loving father holding his family together. Live with the strength of that great gift that has been given to you. Live with the hope of the life to come. The life that Christ won for you in his death 
and resurrection, the gift that he gave you, the best thing that could possibly happen to a bad person. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand. We now confess our common Christian faith together using the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated as we give our offerings to the Lord.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O oh God, give to your whole church on earth boldness to proclaim Christ crucified throughout the world. Enlighten the hearts of those who ignore your gospel that they may recognize in your cross the wisdom of your Father and the power of your love. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, give to the rulers of the nations wisdom, the wisdom to maintain peace and promote justice, that the proclamation of your word may not be hindered. Place your protecting hand over those who serve our country and the armed forces. Bless and keep safe, keep in safety those suffering through the effects of war. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we ask you to bless the ministries of our mission partners, especially Day 3 Seeds, Christian Friends of New Americans, and Food for the Poor. Provide them with the blessings of many hands, many donations, and much encouragement as they serve your people and share your gospel here in our community, in our nation, and in our world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our, hear our prayers, O Lord, for all who are ill or injured, hospitalized or homebound. We especially remember Ivy Rose Clark and Peggy Miller. Make your presence known to your struggling people, strengthen their faith, and renew their courage. Help them find comfort in your loving arms knowing that every day comes from you. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, surround those who mourn the death of loved ones, that they hold firmly to your sure peace and take comfort in the promise of the resurrection. We especially remember this day Audrey Lidke, Audrey Ludke and her family upon the death of her cousin, Marilyn Muller. Give to them an extra measure of your love and care. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, give your blessing to all students and teachers, especially remember the ministry. We especially remember the ministry of Living Word Lutheran High School. Continue to bless the school as your gospel message is shared and young Christians are nurtured and educated for lifelong leadership and service in your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast 
with sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Trusting his promises, we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This stew in remembrance of me. Again, in the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. God of love, through your Son, you have restored to us, restored us to you as your own sons and daughters, forgiven all our sins, and delivered us to everlasting life. By the guidance of your word and Holy Spirit, keep us in this holy faith and fear that we may learn submission to you and our hearts may rest in your peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.